Well, welcome everybody to the Beyond the Sermon podcast. I am Pastor Lucas Hillman, and I get to serve as the lead pastor at Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida. This is a weekly podcast discussing theology, scripture, and ideas in the local church to help you flourish in Christ. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, I am Pastor Lucas Hillman, and just want to say thanks for taking time to listen to our recap and hopefully a little bit of an addition to what we were able to work through on Sunday. Speaking of that, this past Sunday, we were back in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 9 through 13. Hear what Paul says. He says, Take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak. You sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So it's interesting to go through this again. Uh, Two weeks ago, we started talking about the issue of conscience, and Paul again addresses the issue here. He wraps up chapter 8 by talking about the strong having the responsibility to consider the weak. Now, Paul, when he says somebody has a strong conscience, simply means they have the ability to discern what is good and bad about particular things in this world that are not explicitly condemned by Scripture. Now, again, it's important to remind ourselves that Scripture is indeed clear when it comes to certain things. We believe that ethics can be discerned with a measure of certainty uh, around certain topics, especially if they have been explicitly, clearly uh, told not to do, uh, whether it be in the Old Testament, New Testament, or both. Um, we, I believe God has revealed um, some moral law through his word. And Christians, by virtue of calling themselves that, Christ followers, are obligated to consider what has God said. Is that our standard? We want to seek to apply the standard that is clearly revealed. Now, the tricky part about conscience and applying what we believe to be clear to all areas of our life is the issue of hermeneutics, or in theology, the theology of interpretation. Um, Now, some will argue that Scripture is not clear on issues. Some will say it's crystal clear. And again, there are debatable issues within the church, but there are essentials to Christianity which our church at least believes are clear. And we said that in the essentials, we want to seek unity, that we want to believe along with the history, the believers around the world, uh, the history of the church, that is, um, that the essentials about who Jesus Christ is, his identity, work, mission, um, and the, uh, the again, his gospel, uh, that is the essentials. And then you start going into other areas, second 
level issues, such as baptism, the Lord's Supper, church government, sovereignty of God and salvation, maybe even the role of women and men in the church and in home. Uh, Those are second-tier issues. And then you get into third-tier issues, if you will, disputable matters about who are the sons of God in Genesis 6, the Nephilim. Uh, Can a Christian watch mixed martial arts or listen to a certain type of music? Or we said tattoos or, again, bathing suits particularly uh, often is an issue here in Florida at the beach. Should a Christian wear a certain type of bathing suit or are they prohibited? Um, These are debatable issues. Um, So when it comes to second-tier, even third-tier issues, um, conscience comes into play, and Paul begins to tease out this concept in Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians chapter 8, saying some of us have a strong conscience, meaning we have, by God's sheer grace, developed the ability uh, to either resist temptation or to discern correctly Uh, something's role in our life and not giving ourselves over to it in sin or worship or idolatry, but we are able to enjoy some good gift of God in creation without giving ourselves wholly over to it. Now, again, the, the, the truth is not everybody's there. Some of us have weak consciences. It doesn't mean you're less Christian. It doesn't mean you are a second-rate Christian. There is no such thing. If we are in Christ, we are all one, meaning that there is not a hierarchy that Jesus uh, gives to his church. We are all his people. Um, so he's the king alone, and we are all just his sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, all the different metaphors that the Bible uses. So if you have a weak conscience and you are concerned and you are worried and you are uh, uneasy about certain topics that are debatable, not the essentials, but the debatable matters, um, Paul is calling us to consider one another. The strong ought to consider the weak because we don't want to injure or damage their conscience. And the conscience for Paul is simply the ability to uh, discern, or maybe even we think about a handbrake, uh, it's the initial handbrake when something may not be good for us. And again, that is a widely, uh, that's a big topic because based on different histories, family backgrounds, there are going to be, and and even our biology, physiology, um, there's going to be certain things that are good for some, not good for others. And it's up to, I believe God's gifted us the responsibility to know ourselves in that way. Lord, teach me. What are the things that I'm susceptible to that I don't think I am? Make me aware so that I can actually address those in a matter of holiness or strength or maturity and not just think I'm impenetrable, invincible, unsusceptible to sin and temptation. Paul says, be careful if you are strong, though. If you have a strong conscience, you feel like you're mature in a certain area, you can do certain things. Praise God for it, but be careful that you don't simply impose that strength onto weak Christians who might have a different conscience. And and again, the conscience of the weak is a mutual uh, consideration because they too ought not judge the ones who are strong. Romans 14 will say, don't judge those who have a strong conscience. It is the Lord who will judge. These, again, I have to reiterate, this is on debatable matters. Maybe there are art, 
media choices that are available to us now that aren't explicitly uh, sinful, but are debatable. Don't judge and consider what you're allowing and communicating by your actions. And again, the part, why is this so important? Because when it comes to building a church, when it comes to building community or just having friends, um, if you are, if we consider ourselves to be so hardlined on certain issues and not flexible, not open to learning, that's prideful. And the Bible has a lot to say about pride. It has a lot to say about haughtiness, thinking of oneself greater than we ought to. And we believe we know correctly. And Paul says in First Corinthians 8, chapter 1, he begins the chapter by saying that knowledge will puff up, but love will build up. We can think we see clearly, so clearly, black and white, um, that we lose our love for the person and why they may see things differently than we do. Whether they have a strong conscience and are able to engage, or they're the weak brother or sister, and they just can't get over the hurdle of how a Christian could look at, hear, watch, engage with certain things. Again, caveat, these are debatable issues. These are not the essentials of the Christian faith. But learning to live with people for whom Christ died comes with the burden and the joy of getting to know our brothers and sisters who see things a bit differently than we do, and learning from them. Because as Paul will end chapter 8, he says, these are our brothers and sisters, our family whom for whom Christ died, and they are Christ's representatives to us. So we should not disregard their perspective. We should not disregard their thoughts and their interpretation of Scripture, but we should learn. We should be willing to hold our conviction of where we see clearly, and then learn from where they may not see it the same way we do. But the overall principle here, and it comes in verse 13, which is a challenge to us no matter where we find ourselves on the strong and weak spectrum, if you will. Verse 13, Paul ends with a stunning statement when he says, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Paul's overarching concern is for the person in front of him, and although he may have all the freedom in the world that Christ has purchased for him, he would be willing to forego even the delicacy of meat so that he would actually love the person in front of him. And again, that is a challenging statement, that would we be willing to let go of something so that the person in front of us, our blood-bought brother or sister, would not feel less than, that they would actually feel seen and valued. And again, the beauty of church life and being rooted in a local church is that you may let go of that freedom for the sake of a brother or sister for a moment, but it often means you won't have to let go forever. That that brother or sister who sees things differently may come to an understanding and why you see it differently and not be offended or call into things into question when you engage with it. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, no one can really understand uh, our motives all the time. But one of the beauties of the local church is that we mature 
alongside other people, and we can actually come to some measure of compromise and unity, which is what Jesus prays for in his church, that the way in which we care for, love, even can try to agree with people who disagree with us. Those, that's going to be some evidence of God's work among us. So what's the principle here? The principle is simply, how do we love the people in front of us who hold differing views? The mature way forward for building community among God's people is one of sacrifice. And no, again, it's not the most comfortable, but it is the way forward. Are we willing to at least give on some of our convictions for the sake of the people in front of us? And if not, how are you going to love them even when you continue to hold those? Can Take people into consideration. Again, I have to point it back to Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, when it says that Jesus himself was in the form of God, but not did not count that as something to be grasped, did not count that as something to be leveraged or even to cash in or whatever it is. Jesus had every right to remain in heaven untouched by sinful humanity. But the love of God compelled him to take on flesh, to live among us, to suffer even death on a cross, for us. What a beautiful testimony to the love of God that we have the opportunity to mimic and to show to our brothers and sisters in Christ and a watching world. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, a ministry of Grace Christian Fellowship in Largo, Florida, You can visit our website and find out more about our church at gracechristian.com. As well, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube.